listening to episode 21 of Wine and Cheese, a podcast about whiny records and cheesy movies. I'm Joey. I'm Mike. I'm Tyler. I'm Liam. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Liam. This is Master Liam of Cinepunk's fame. <laughs> you know, no one who's not on the Slack knows that my name on Slack is Master Liam. <laughs> I, I love it. Confusing. It's a, it's a great endearing nickname. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this week uh, we've got Me Without You's Brother Sister released on Tooth and Nail and Burnt Toast Records on September 26, 2006, and Columbia Pictures' 1985 American horror thriller film, The New Kids. It was Liam's pick this week. It was Liam's pick. I picked. Week. I hope you guys like my, my picks. I think they're great They picks. were interesting for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, I knew I wanted to talk about this record, and then the movie was like, for like two months, we've been going, what, what fucking movie goes <laughs> with this record? And then I just was like, uh, The New Kids, it's got a brother or sister, it'll work. Had you yeah. seen it before? <laughs> So I had literally watched it two weeks before I mentioned it. Okay. I mean, we'll get into oh, it when we talk about it. For sure. But like it was, it's a movie I've heard about for a long time as the other movie by the Friday the 13th guy. Yeah, Sean. And Cunningham. I just hadn't gotten a chance to So you to had watch to watch this twice in a month. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. With great, <laughs> with great joy. I watched it a second time. Um, before we get into everything, uh, Tyler, let's start with you, Tyler. What have you been listening to lately? Um, so I was just going through a super heaven kick. And then lately, I mostly um, have just been listening to audiobooks because I'm very into the Stormlight Archive right now. Brandon Sanderson, what's up? Uh, so pretty much any time I have audio on, it's just uh, book two of Stormlight Archive. It's like 48 hours long. So Very cool. What's that all about? We don't have time for that. Okay. It's cool. a lot. <laughs> all right. Good. Good. How about you, Joey? Uh, I've been listening to the new Devil Master record. It's called Satan Spits on Children of Night. <laughs> Or Children of Light, one of those. Mm, I forget, but it's good. Uh, Philly, you know, like sort of that blackened punk stuff. Are they from Philly? They are. Oh, true. Um, and then the new Solange record is called When I Get Home. It just came out, and uh, it's awesome. At mid- yeah, that was like a thing, I guess. <laughs> I didn't I didn't listen to it at midnight. I, was, I listened to it the next day because I have a job. Uh, and then there's like two new Tierra Wax songs that are really good. One's called... Uh, only child and one's called what's it called liam what's the other new one called oh uh clones clones yeah that nice. one's good too yeah <laughs> big tr whack fan <laughs> i mean literally joey just took all mine so oh, true. <laughs> no, i have yeah. other stuff yeah yeah right. well i guess we'll move on to liam <laughs> what about you you liam? had your chance <laughs> uh all those things um no that's actually i haven't had a chance to listen to devil master yet i got as far as putting it in my playlist of things to listen to but then I haven't actually listened to it yet. But other than that, uh, what's that band? It just went out of my head. One Step Closer. That new One Step Closer EP I like a lot. Okay. Uh, the new Illusion EP, something about magic. I fucking forget what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> sorry. Clearly love it. Uh, well, okay. So you guys know that... Um, uh, what's that podcast? Ask the Grime podcast. Yeah, yeah. They've been doing that Mosh Madness, John. They just had the big. So I mostly just been, if I have a day off, I just do the Mosh Madness playlist just That's to like cool. so I can vote. You know, with some influ- you know, well, like they, know they do like Twitter about. polls, right? I don't listen to. Yeah, it, they do Twitter polls. So the okay. I vote on the polls anyway when I see them so, pop up. Well, you got to listen though because what happens see? a lot of times is you think you know voter. what what it is and you don't. At least for me, I don't know. I guess, yeah. The whole for them, the reason they're doing it is so people will listen to stuff that maybe they don't know. Yeah, that's right. And I like it. Like, um, you know, some of the matchups are kind of weird, and a lot of it's stuff because it's from the last decade. A lot of times, there's stuff where I just like, for example, like take offense. 
I've never fucking listened to take. I didn't realize I had <laughs> never even listened to them. Right. Because I've seen the name on so many T-shirts. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that band. Like, yeah. I know, I know and then I put the record on and I'm like, oh, shit, I don't know what this is. <laughs> this is kids playing their version of Suicidal Tendencies. I thought it was old guys. Is it? Well, they're younger than me. They're, so. they're old kids. Yeah, old kids. Are they older? Older? Like I like, thought they were older, older, but I have no idea. I mean, I'm going to be 40 next year, so. I feel like they're around there. I don't know. <laughs> I have. I, I, I thought again, they were younger. It doesn't matter. Point yeah. is, it sounds like suicidal tendencies, which I was not expecting because I don't. I assume no one under me listens to anything that sounds like <laughs> suicidal tendencies. Yeah, yeah, um, probably true. Uh, but yeah, so I've been doing a lot of that, uh, and that's about it. As far as new music, like I said, same things that Joey liked, basically Tierra Whack and Solange. <laughs> yeah. Does uh? What about you, Mike? Does everybody want to ask me? <laughs> no, man. <laughs> fuck you. No, that's that's fair. I get that. Um, no, I I just listened to Serial about five years too late. Yeah. But I ran through that. I still haven't done it. Hours. Fuck worth yeah. it? It's pretty worth it. And I think I'll just an, watch it when it comes out. Wait, is it? Well, like, I think there's a, a mini series coming out like literally a week. Isn't from it like today. long or what? Uh, they're like twelve episodes and they're like forty minutes. So, I mean, oh. I, I burned through it in like a day well, or two. And you know the, it was like the documentary coming out is about how the podcast sucks, basically. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. like the whole point of the podcast is like maybe this dude's okay. Yeah, and the show is like the case against Adnan. What is his name? Is it Adnan? Yeah. yeah, it's like the case against Adnan. Like because my understanding is that the, the the people who make the documentary are like Cyril was highly irresponsible in how they presented this case, oh. and that probably checks out because almost at every turn she's defending him, and like right. the, the facts are almost always like. He probably did it, but there is enough reasonable doubt that he shouldn't have been convicted outright. Like everyone was like, he definitely did it, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. But hmm. that's a whole. Go listen to Serial; it needs your help. Was, was that uh, like the start podcast. of the whole true crime like phase that's happening now? The true crime of, podcast. Yeah. It, I don't know if it was show, the like, documentary. Shows. It was like a resurgence, though, for sure. It was like a big. Yeah, I guess not a start, spark. but it got like it's more popular because of that now. I guess it had to be because that's still, I think, numbers wise, one of the most. It's like just below Joe Rogan as like most popular <laughs> podcast ever. For good reason. Oh, God damn. <laughs> um, also, I, I recently found this thing. It was like the last recordings Buddy Holly ever did before he died. Oh, when shit. When he was like 21, 22. They're just like apartment On the plane. Uh, he, he didn't record them on the plane. Okay. <laughs> they're called like the apartment tapes or something. And he was just recording these new songs with him and a guitar on like a four track. And oh, there are people in the background cool. putting away dishes. And it's like very raw. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, so that's really cool. Check out the apartment tapes. And then um, I'll cut it right here but i saw nightbirds posted about this band con men from boston if you know them at all i've seen the name i know the name yeah they're, they're awesome they're really really cool they're like ramones like really ever chucksy almost okay. they're, they're really cool um yeah so check them out that's cool for sure all right yeah um and so again this this week's album is me without you's brother sister mm-hmm. liam i don't know you, you have like a history with this one at all or a little bit <laughs> so <laughs> um uh you know, I went to, for listeners who don't know anything about me, I went to Jesus College. And when I was in Jesus College, uh, well, I, did, I went there after. I transferred to Jesus College from normal college. And when you I was at Jesus College. You like it's a normal thing. I, love it. <laughs> yeah, I went to Eastern University. Uh, and when I was there studying Jesus stuff, we w- were still trying to book shows. And the, one of the few local bands was this band's band called Sans Culottes, okay. which is French for without pants. I guess it's some sort of like, <laughs> I guess it was some sort of revolutionary group. I don't know. The name was stupid, but yeah. they were an emo band and they stuck out to me, A, because they were the only bands nearby. B, one of the guys in the band was this guy, Marty, who had been in that band Pensive with 
Brett Dieter before Brett joined Zayo. Okay, so things are. So I was like, oh, Marty, he's in that band Pensive. Turns out, of the guys in the band, Marty was the only one I didn't become friends with because he's a dick. But uh, (laughs) called out. But then those guys, those guys, some of the guys who were in that band, including their drummer Aaron Weiss, were like, we're going to start this new band. Cool. And he's like, it's going to be with my brother Mike. You might know Mike because he was in I Hate You. And I was like, oh, I Hate You. Cool. Maybe they'll be like a straight edge hardcore band. Uh, (laughs) And then when Me Without You first started, they were very much. A hardcore band, but not like a straight edge traditional hardcore yeah, band, yeah, or whatever. And so that was my experience with Me Without You. And <laughs> I'm just fact, imagining Me Without You as like a youth crew band or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Letterman. Jackets. I mean, when they first started playing, they would put X I Hate You on there, and I'm like, I think you guys are giving the wrong message right now. <laughs> but uh, uh, I ended up joining a band in college called The Revolver Method, and so we did a short tour with Me Without You after they put the one their first EP out. Yeah. In fact, our guitar player put it out on his label oh sweet i forget what that label is called but But yeah that's like before a to b life like their first ep just like yeah and so we did this tour and it was mostly unsuccessful doesn't it have flamethrower on it yeah that song's hard that song is fucking hard (laughs) for years for years when we saw them play i used to yell play the good one (laughs) and then one time one time i did that and ricky roasted me so hard he said oh why don't you play a revolver method reunion all right because no one cares (laughs) and i was like well guess i'm never making that joke again (laughs) so anyways we went on tour the tour was so bad that chris kleinberg who was in the band at the time uh, hitchhiked home he just like one day in florida woke up and was like hey guys i don't want to do this anymore from where uh we were on 95 i guess or we're on some major highway in florida at six in the morning, we just like home from Florida. We just Florida's let him so out. Far away. We literally just let him out on the side. Of, he was like, "Just let me out here." And we're like, "Bro, this seems entirely dangerous." Seems he's like, I thought you were gonna say like New Jersey. <laughs> you guys got to understand. Me without you, at this time, were tr- first of all trash vegans. They mostly ate out of the trash. Yeah, the they whole did that tour. for. They, that was like their thing for a while. Wait, 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 like, what is this? Trash vegans. like freegans. Like yeah, eating out of freaking okay. thrown away food, and, and so stuff. they would just eat huh. out of trash like most of the tour. And they tried a grocery store because those are awesome. <laughs> they they all not all of them, but a bunch of them had hitchhiked a bunch. This wasn't like a new thing. Yeah, and didn't in they fact, convert the van to run on vegetable oil. They, they were like that was the later. That was it. later when they had money to do yeah. that. This oh, was like very early. But like even even like like they used to do a thing where because a bunch of the dudes who were I, I'm not even in the band but in that group of friends from Upper Darby, they worked at the airport, so they would like buy a plane ticket to one place and buy a plane ticket home from a different place in a different country okay. and then mm. see if they could get to the other place oh. with only like a certain amount of money in their what pocket. What a gamble. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's they a did cool like that. I mean, I even like Aaron had this, I think it was Aaron. Aaron, I think, had this story about going to see like Sunday Day Real Estate in Japan because he could go for free because working at the airport. Yeah. And like Jeremy Enoch just picking him out and being like, hey, you're you're an American. You want to come hang out? It, well, and Jeremy Enix on this record. He's I, on yeah, this I was record. Say, are, these <laughs> we'll get, in, we'll get into that because there's a whole dumb thing I have. Anyways, point yeah. being, we were on tour with them. Chris was like, I'm going home. The tour was largely unsuccessful. And like when that tour ended, I thought, this band's over. Like Chris just quit and yeah. hitchhiked home. Nobody bought any records, whatever. By the end of that summer, this, so the tour ended like at the beginning of June. By the end of that summer, my band had broken up, and me without you had signed a tooth and nail, and then became huge. What would you but like right in June, I thought they're fucking done, this man. Like we're day. never playing with them again. <laughs> You're like, because we're breaking. We signed a suicide pact. We're both breaking up forever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've just noticed. And so when this came out, I wasn't even talking to those guys anymore. Like I see them at shows sometimes, but like I don't know them. Like I don't talk to them on the phone or anything like sure, that. Sure, but yeah. If, so if this came out, I had totally converted from 
uh, a guy who knows a guy in a band to a total fan. Like that yeah. <laughs> switch had happened. Like by Catch for Us the Foxes, I thought, oh, we're not like just friends anymore. Yeah. Like I'm actually a fan yeah. of this band. It's kind of weird. It's funny how that happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Much cooler when it happens that way than like the reverse way. When you're like, oh, I love this band and now I'm friends with you. <laughs> um, so uh, we always start the episode off by running through uh, is this band emo.com? Me Without You is an emo band. They are? I kind of wouldn't expect that, but like yeah. I, I, I would have said I think no. I agree, I guess. At least, I don't know. Okay, They're so like, here's the thing. If you think about those early records where they were trying to be hardcore, yeah. they sound like emo core. Like, yeah, you know, like, they do. Like yeah. my, when I first bought an emo, it's more like the shit that you guys talk about. Yeah. yeah. But you guys know like there's a whole bunch of people for whom emo just means hardcore where you might cry a little bit right? yeah like, oh absolutely like, like first yeah. wave stuff i mean that's what i think of, of thing, yeah. Yeah. yeah or a lot of people will think of emo as like what was popular in the early 2000s at like a hot topic like sure yeah. there's there's such a that wide would be third wave for the listeners I mean, <laughs> i'm very <laughs> i like that you broke it i'm very old so the first time anyone told me about emo i didn't know what it was they were like you know you're at a show and a guy's in a sweater vest and he's crying yeah and i was like this no i don't know <laughs> I don't know what you're... I've only been to see Fury of Five. I don't know what you're describing <laughs> right now. What's um, weird with the that search engine thing is like, how do they account for if a band changes sound over a series of albums? Right. I, don't, I don't know. This is, if, if the first album is it's run by like emo one, and then Call four albums up. later they totally change like an indie band, is are they going to account for that? Because I don't think they do. I don't well, think they do um, at all. You can tweet at them. I think it's just like, is Take this band emo? Take them to fucking task. <laughs> yeah. Washed up emo podcast. We've got you on blast. <laughs> no, I don't want to start getting trashed by them because he has a lot more listeners than we do. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and we respect them, but not the Reddit one, right? Yeah, the Reddit yeah. one is Yeah, washed up emo, you're, you're legit. <laughs> it's roach. The Reddit one can go suck a knob. <laughs> um, so is it, not canon, but like, is it me without you, lowercase m, capital W, capital Y? No, just capital Y. Yep. Okay. Right? So, I mean, right here I on think Spotify it's just is. capital Y, but I've seen it. I think it's something they've been working out for a while. <laughs> working <laughs> out. Because it's, it's also it. weird now because like when you read it. shit about them now, they talk about not being a Christian band, which is yeah. which every band does that. They start as a Christian band and eventually they're like we, we you know, we don't do that. Well, they don't like deny it, but they don't like they talk about that anymore. they have spirit they have spiritual themes yeah which sure. seems which, to be the thing and again this album title may or may not come from the Bhagavad Gita the Tibetan <laughs> Book of the Dead I I really think it's a St. Francis reference <laughs> like I, I, I'm not trying to be an asshole but how many mushroom trips does it take to get from being a Christian band to a spiritual band Ooh. Just one. Just one. That's it. I mean, just, uh, the, just the right one. I mean, shit. If it's ayahuasca, then like literally just one. Ooh. You just need seven days and you're right. good to go. Somebody ate the wrong trash. <laughs> Stop it. Um, here's a question. Is there a right trash? <laughs> Do you know, I think Mike Omquist? Do you know him at all? He's like, I know he's like pretty associated with the band. I think he books their tours. He's like credited as the Spider Song sequencer on this album, which I think is just kind of a oh, shout out to him. I don't for know. Helping them. No, no, no. He's a friend's brother, and uh, I, I feel like he's been like heavily involved with them for the last couple of years and I thought maybe just being in a similar circle the only person from more recently I met was uh, whoever was their like kind of per- you know they started adding horns to the songs Yeah. for a while they had a guy who was doing the horns like on tour Okay. my man introduced himself to me in the bathroom at Johnny Brenda's like I had literally just stopped <laughs> peeing and he's like you're Liam right and I was like fuck what is going on right now uh, yes, yes, and yes. he was like yeah I play horns with me without you I know that you were around when they first started blah 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 and I was like cool man good to meet you like and I never saw him again never visually saw him he couldn't wait till you were out at the bar <laughs> it sounds like a scene from the new kids <laughs> it was a little <laughs> weird do they, do they still have the same like core lineup 
for uh, the most part? So honestly, I don't know. In fact, I had this horrible realization. If you had asked me uh, recently, like, oh, what what do you even think about me? I'd be like, ah, oh, every record's great. It's so great. And I'm driving down on the way down. I'm like, fuck, I've never listened to the whole thing of the new record. They Dude, just put a fucking oh, record out. The I new one is really good. To it. The I single for it was really, really good. And I, I, Another I, Head for Hydra? The, yes. That song rules, And then I'm man. kind of in the same boat with you, Liam, where I think I like started to listen to it and then never made it back I to the whole to thing. I listened to it a couple times. Uh, I thought yeah, it was pretty good. good. Our, uh, our friend but, Jordan, who was on before, he's told me like three times to listen to it, and I just can't. Well, he told me to listen to Pale Horses. Yeah, well, he told the other me. one? And I haven't listened to that yet. I actually, up until the newest one, I hadn't listened to one in full since Brother Sister. Is that right? Yeah, and I saw them probably like five or six times around, like up to when this out, when Brother Sister came out. See, like like I said, when Brother Sister came out, I kind of was like, oh, I'm a fan. Like, not that I renounced my friendship with them or something weird like that, but I realized that I no longer thought of them as a friend band. Yeah, and in fact, it's been so long. Like, I feel like the last time I even saw them play was when they played Union Transfer with Touche Amore, which was still a few years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and Drug uh, Church? Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Missed, I think I missed Drug Church, <laughs> yeah. but, which <laughs> is a shame because I like that band. But There's a time, funny story really with that. that tour. Uh, instead of Drug Church, it was originally supposed to be Full of Hell. Yeah. Oh, but, wow. But Aaron was apparently like, yeah, they can't come on tour with us. I don't like their name. Wow. And then, That's, so I mean, they, I mean, if you stand for like something of like, yeah, you know, but the, I, I can. But get then it, they but get whatever. drug church, <laughs> and then apparently one night on stage, Aaron was like telling the story about it, kind of like minus the full of hell part, and he was like, uh, originally I didn't think we should have this band Drug Church on the tour because of their name, but uh, they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Pat's told that story a couple times. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't. I, Aaron's an interesting guy. That's all yeah, I'll say. Yeah, totally. The, the, you know, later in their later career, I didn't see them around as much. I saw them a couple times at shows, but I had weird interactions where I'd see Aaron, partly because uh, I used to work at Broad Street Ministry and he'd show up there sometimes. Yeah. But also when I was going to Princeton, one time I'm just walking down the street in Princeton and who should ride by on a bike but motherfucking Aaron Weiss. I'm like, oh. I picture him on like a cruiser for sure. Yeah, it was legitimately a beach cruiser. And I was like, Aaron, what's Hell up? Yeah. And he was like, oh, hey, Liam, what's up? So he stops and we're talking. And I'm like, what are you doing on a bike in Princeton, New Jersey? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm riding up to Boston. <laughs> on his cool. bike. <laughs> You're riding a bike to Boston. He's like, yeah, I'm going to hang out with a girl up there. It's cool, whatever. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what are you going to do? Are you going to ride through the night? He's like, no, no, no. I'll just crash like on the street in Newark and then pick it up from there. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, just find like an alley and just crash on the street. And I, I was like, I don't understand what you're fucking saying. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's like what? who he is. That's He's an interesting dude. So if, that if anyone's him almost perfectly, I would if, say. if like, anyone's going to take an issue with like a name, of, it would be Aaron. Yeah. And it's not. I think it, that comes across like a weird teetotaler, like uptight. Yeah, it's it comes across like country, like oh you care about that. That's yeah. very like, but I think for Aaron it's really just because he's so devoted in such an intense way that like I don't think the people who would be offended quote unquote by that name understand how for Aaron it's something different. Yeah, you know what I mean he's on some other level. Yeah, know, that makes sure. sense. Um, I also saw that tour. They did the Catch for Us the Foxes ten year tour with like they played it with Hopalong. Maybe it was just one show, but they played it the truck with Hopalong and that show. Oh, was awesome. I wish I had gone. To that. that sounds it was cool. Really, really good. The last time I saw him was they opened at the TLA for Sparta. God, that, that was probably yeah. like ten years ago or Jim something Ward. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sparta's legit. Yeah, okay. and so. then um, the first time I saw him was at the Chameleon Club. 
and they were still playing A to B Life stuff. Oh, right that's cool. that was yeah. cool. For the record, I've never seen them. <clears throat> really? Yeah. They're playing uh, Balance of Composure's last show with Appleseed Cast and Cursive, which is I'm gonna be going to be a I'm going to the show before that was Super Heaven and Queen of Jeans. So still will not see them. Mm. Damn. I mean, I'll definitely go to that. <clears throat> yeah. That show. Well, I haven't been to a show. I've only been to two shows since my baby was born, so maybe not. <laughs> that's <laughs> fair. That'd be a good one to come out for, though, probably. I mean, I was convinced I was going to go to Sound and Fury until the tickets actually went on sale <laughs> and it sold out. The so. Half Heart Show? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You were, you were going for Half Heart, you're saying? Or? No, I oh, just sure. wanted to go. I haven't been to anything hardcore related yeah. in two yeah. years. So sure. I was like, yo, Sound and Fury, that's the look. Yeah. Nope, guess not. Guess we're not doing that. Have you yeah. not been going to shows because your baby is a huge indie fan and doesn't like hardcore? That's part of it. Um, <laughs> she just really puts a lot of pressure on me, and it's, yeah. it's hard. That's fair. <laughs> I, I, I give in to two-year-old peer pressure. <laughs> How do you not, though? You know? He can't, hey. There's nothing yeah. you can do. Should we shift gears and talk about um, the album that got five stars from something called Jesus Freak Hideout? <laughs> <laughs> there's so much to unpack there. There's yeah, no pitchfork, so we had yeah, to go with it. that. <laughs> I'm going to play a song called Messes of Men. Uh, hopefully I'll skip the rain intro and just get right to the meat of it. Nope. Doesn't sound like you skipped it. Hey, I tried. <laughs> this is such a good opener. It like sets the tone really yeah, well. Yeah, it really does. Still a better intro track than Boys Night Out. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I think every episode you should compare the record we're talking about to the Boys Night Out one. <laughs> That's not going to be fair because everything's better. I kind of like didn't expect this record to hold up for me, but it really did. Yeah. It's so good. It's so conceptual, though. It's like, it's great. Yeah. It's great in that way because they like recycle themes, they recycle melodies, they recycle lyrics, and it's like bookended with messes of men and in a sweater poorly knit. They kind of like, those are just the perfect bookends to me. Okay. I don't know how well you guys remember 1998, 99, 2000. I remember January 1979. Mm, right. right. Ooh, <laughs> that's a different album. Uh, Please yeah, shut yeah, up. Well, so wait, what year did this record come out? This Two, came out in 6, 2006. I didn't write it down. So uh, January 1979 is generally thought of as like, because, so January 1979, I got a lot of play on like MTV2. That's the song that they and blew MTV up MTV with. And you yeah. know, and whatever. There was that but, and there was Torches Together. I feel like we're like, track those one were the two. Yeah. And they like but I, but I noticed that among people that are younger, there's actually more backlash against this record because of a sweater poorly knit that a sweater poorly knit for for some group of kids really? that weren't me got a shit ton of airplay huh. and they'll even they even said in something i read in preparing for this that brother sister was their biggest like financially their biggest record that that's i believe like, it it, it sounds largest huh. so it I, seems like their most personal and like their masterpiece because it's like it does album three can kind of make or break you i feel like but yeah just still on the but up. i just feel like for me among a certain kind of like uh soft punk kid that likes me without you yeah Everyone, it's Cash for us the Foxes. Everyone, that's the yeah. record. Yeah. But I actually think this one's better. And, yeah. and and it works as such an interesting transition from, you know, A to B Life and Cash for us the Foxes are uh, Aaron still getting over his ex. Yeah. Sure. That's what those records are about. He's yeah. still, and in fact, I would argue A to B Life is upsetting. It's kind of a stalker record. Yeah. I mean, there's literally a part where like, I'm coming to see you and you better be alone. That's oh, like Jesus. not a joke. <laughs> oh. You know, like it's, yeah. He, he's he's a nerd. He would yeah. never fight anyone, but it's, sure. a sk- it's a weird record. It's, yeah. it's and like I think even now, when you ask him about those records, he's kind of like, eh, they're okay, but well, thematically. Well, we were talking earlier on that about that noisy list yeah. where they rank their own records and they put that as dead last. Dead last. They're yeah. probably, I mean, 
I mean, I like it, but but they, I think they've distanced this themselves record, from it so much that I feel like it almost yeah. would have to be that way. But yeah, I think absolutely. This record is their transition from him obsessing over that yeah. past relationship and what it means for him yeah. into something that's a little more universal. Yeah. But then I feel like the next record kind of chumps the shark. It gets a little too oh, cray cray. A little they just too talk conceptual. about like apple, apple trees and animals like the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They love so animals. I think this one sort of hits the balance perfectly. For sure. It, his vocals hit the balance. Like it's just yeah. a good mix of the two styles. Now, like I said, I like all the records except for the new one. I, I might like it. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> yeah. Wait, you even like the the Head animal Hydra? one? Whatever it was. It's all crazy. Yeah, it's all I still like it. Yeah. I get reading. Like I said, when I first read that noisy list and they were like, oh, this, that album's kind of weak. I was like, you know, fuck you guys. It's so good. <laughs> but then but the reality is I just hadn't listened to it in a while. Yeah. And I'd re-listen. There's like two songs on it that I think are amazing and one that kind of makes me emotional a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But there's and still then the rest of the record's kind of weak. Some filler, yeah. It just feels, it's just a record obviously Aaron wrote and Mike sure. didn't write at all. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, to come back to you'd mentioned a sweater poorly knit was like a, a huge song. I feel like that was a, the big like trap I set for you. you Seems to have caught my leg and stuff. Was like that for some reason was like I did like took issue with that when I was younger. I, felt, I was like, ah, oh, that's so corny. And now I listen yeah. to it and it like that's the hook of the song. It's it awesome. is, yeah. And well, then the it, I do not exist refrain thing is like well, really cool. And it's to me the best you know, closer to all of his relationship shit because that song is both about his ex and about God and yeah. the idea that like you know the trap he sets for her is. Why don't she go date other people, assuming she's going to come back? And then she doesn't. She actually has a great life, and he's left alone, and it sucks. That's <laughs> what the farming metaphor is. But then he does the same thing with, with God, with this idea of, like, God for him is this, like, way to get what he wants. Yeah. And then it turns out, oh, no, actually, I'm really devoted to, to, to this thing so much so that I'm letting myself go, which is not the point. Yeah. He really saw religion as a way to affirm himself and become something else. I think that's the best way for him to close out that section of his that work. That makes sense. Because it's like a good period to what gets a little creepy sometimes in the yeah. other records where you're like, sure. okay, dude, I get it. You like her, but let's move <laughs> on. Right, there's, there's other stuff at play here. <laughs> when I, I saw them at Purple Door, I think the same year that this record came out. Was it the Norma Jean uh, Memphis Will Be Laid to Waste yeah, with Yeah, they, they did that too. Ooh, I love that But when they so played, when they played Sweater at that, it yeah. was like a ma- there was like a million people on the stage. There was like flowers everywhere, and it was just like a massive oh, yeah. thing. That the was f- always such a thing with their stage show around that time. Right. They would always have well, like he would do like the flowers. He would do like the Morrissey moves. thing, like tie oh, yeah. the records. I mean, uh, the mic stand and stuff. True. I mean, literally, if you want to understand me without you, think Morrissey, think uh, Fugazi, think Bell and Sebastian. Neutral Milk Hotel. Yeah. Like these are things they were listening to a lot. Think for a certain era. Think of, uh, oh, it went out of my head. Earth Crisis. <laughs> no. Um, Creed. Yeah, sure. Uh, I can't remember. Sorry. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt real quick and just say I love his vocals and everything, but I feel like he's really inspired like a, a whole genre of music. And right. th- this one band Dude. in particular, if I'm- Is it you, Listener? It, it, it may or may not be. <laughs> It's, I hate this band. It's so cringe. <laughs> there could not be a bigger me without you ripoff band than My Listener. <laughs> this is garbage. I've never listened to this. This is Are you horrible. serious? This recording brought to you by iPhone 5. Some dude who looks like fucking Daniel Plainview from This Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood just like yeah. screaming into dude, a trombone. Well, they, and they like tried to get some legitimacy because they have a music Ugh. video where... It's like one continuous shot of them in the studio, but I think the guy from the chariot is in it or no. on the song for some reason. Really? I think so. I thought when you were going to say rip off of me that you, 
especially vocally, <laughs> you're going to go with Law Dispute. Oh, see, see, I never really got into them. I don't, I don't really know. Well. I don't love them either, but famously that guy's like, no, I never even heard me without you. Yeah, but, and I but think people that that's say that. Yeah. I think he's like clearly. That's the, definitely so, lying. So yeah. the only stuff I know of La Dispute <laughs> is their first EP called like Vancouver or something like that. And it's sure. almost it's almost like straight screamo kind of stuff. It's almost oh. like it's not me without Yui, but I can mm. see how maybe they've gone that way recently. I'm so glad you had that queued up. I had it ready to go. I was just like, because he looks that like is he's terrible. trying to be a, I don't even know how you know that music. It was posted as like, this is one of the worst videos I've ever seen. I was well, like, okay. I, think, yep. I remember like when they like, I guess came he's out or something. People grandma. were, people were talking about it on like bridge nine or something. I think is how I heard about it. Probably. Yeah. All right. The old, the old niner board is the, life. Ni- the niner. Um, what other songs we got? Oh. Nice and Blue Part Two is the music video. So it's kind of fun. They're like training to be like synchronized yep. swimmers. That's my, oh, cool. my favorite on the album. That uh, song's great. Just because I like, for me, I'm more drawn to like musically driven stuff. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. I feel like this band in particular is very lyrically driven, and yeah. the band is backing him up. So Nice and Blue is kind of one where they actually jam out. So I, can I agree. That. So this is like a different thing where I'm not super into me without you but they I think they are gonna respect them unlike boys night out where they're just bad <laughs> well, I think I, you hear that Bailey I think this is when he starts listening you asshole he starts using that like bullhorn effect where his voice is really distorted he was at he would usually have two mics on stage and yeah. go to the other one I yeah. think that's in this song a bunch if I'm not mistaken. I think so too and I think this is the la- this is him still trying to figure out how to like sing and yell at the same time yeah and that's I think one of the things that makes the next record a little weak is he just tries to sing the whole time and he just can't, he just yeah. can't do it. I, I think that. this song is also like m- probably the most similar to the previous record than any of the other songs. Yeah. But I think it's stronger than some of the stuff. I, I mean, mean, I agree with that like too, but so it's like, good. it's kind of like the bridge between the albums right. in a way. Sound wise. The only thing I don't like about the song is that it sets up the next song, the sun and the moon to fucking fail. That's the, where that song oh, is. That's the song you were talking about earlier. Yeah. That kind of like I don't even sucks the life out that of it. Song. Like if you put that song on a mix separate from the rest of the record, yeah. But the to me, all of these songs have like a certain momentum, yeah. And then nice and blue hits, and it's so good and so rocking. And then the sun, the moon is like, all right, go go pee. <laughs> go go take a break. <laughs> I also feel like that's that's one of the more like biblical songs on the album, like pretty heavy handed in terms of lyrics and stuff. Lyrical content. Yeah. Sorry, I've done that multiple <laughs> times recording. It's fine. Um, Dude, you were right about it in a sweater poorly knit. That's their top track on Spotify. Really? It it I, I was had a no huge, idea. I one hundred percent think it was played on MTV constantly. Yeah, wow. I think it was like a this is the you know MTV at that time would pick random independent artists to say like, look, we support. It's not just big labels. We're talking TRL. We're talking headbangers. It has, oh. Does it have a too. video? It had to be MTV too. It has a video yeah. and a sweater pulling it. I don't think it does. I think they were. Sh- Maybe it does. But I remember there was a live performance. They oh. did a live performance on MTV. Okay. I think if you go to YouTube, there's like a live performance of it from MTV. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, I just you know this. I I see what you're saying about the sun and the moon maybe being the most biblical in a way, but I actually think it's also so a lot of this record is um Aaron moving towards it feels like to me like uh more of like an apophatic theology where it's like uh what makes whatever he thinks God is amazing is that you can't describe it. Yeah. So well, it's less him, you know, whatever. Totally. And so with that one, I think there's this feeling of like, how do I take this idea of like everything good is like 
not physical, the sort yeah. of whatever. Yeah. But then acknowledge that there is some like power to the physical. He's trying totally. to combine them. And I think that's influenced when he wrote this record, he had moved to, I think, Circle not Circle of Hope. He had moved to, what's it called? Simple Way. Mm-hmm. So he was like in an intentional community, right. working with folks on the streets, like doing stuff, yeah. like farming, like all that sort of like alternative Jesus hippie shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which is cool. Crispies. But, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, t- Jesus, I totally see I like what you're that idea. Yeah. <laughs> alternative <laughs> Jesus stuff. I totally see what you're saying too. He's embracing the idea of like spirituality and God without it being necessarily one sect or religion. Right. It's like merging yeah. of worlds. And I, t- I mean, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. I think there's there's some speculation too that the song also is about him trying to reconcile his Christianity with his parents. Mm-hmm. You know, like his mom uh, was Muslim, and then his dad, who was Jewish, converted to Islam later in life. And it was a very spiritual sort of Islam. Like, okay. uh, it's very like much about like poetry and meditation and stuff. It's mm-hmm. less like the traditional stuff that we talk about a lot in American culture. Yeah, but still, yeah. that's who they were, and that's why he works in. Uh, Muslim theme sometimes to the records, yeah. And so, well, in some like, ways, maybe the song is him trying to reconcile those two worlds. I'm yeah. not sure. Well, that's probably a big thing to see, though, because I'm sure a decision like that is not an easy thing to do. That's right. It's very intentional, and there's a lot behind it. So yeah. I'm sure that affected him a lot seeing it. Yeah. yeah, and it's. I mean, it really affects the band because I, I. It feels like to me, for a lot of the eras of the band, Aaron is the driving force of it being a christian band like and he's the I, face of the band he's like the he's yeah. the guy you know but i yeah. feel like yeah. there's mixed i mean some of the other dudes in the band who come in and out of the band seem pretty stoked on jesus but mm-hmm. i know not all the guys in the band are at all like right or uh, or if anything on his level <laughs> yeah too. like maybe they like are into it but not at the level that he's into yeah. it yeah. yeah but i like that he's complicated so him being into it is not like embarrassed like some of the bands they were playing with not just at this time but earlier are like they gotta be a bummed out now. Like now that we've all moved on with our lives, <laughs> like they gotta look back at those records and be like, "What the fuck was I thinking?" Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it totally. Is. He's yeah. It's just like it. I, I feel like there are different elements of like Hinduism, Buddhism, you know, right. Muslim influence. All, there's like so much to it that it's tough to just call them a Christian band. You know, yeah. It's just that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. What do you think? Um. Have we kind of said all we need to say? Do you guys have I anything else? I think so. You could play another song, or, or you're probably going to play one for a transition. I was going to play one for a transition. Now. Oh, I um, mean, did you guys like the spider? I, I really like the spider transition. Yeah. Like, I think those Which are is cool. your those favorite so cool. spider song? Honestly, it's the last one. So Orange? I, I am brownish. Not, is, I am not brownish nearly, the last one? I'm not nearly as spiritual as Aaron is, yeah. but if I was going to be into spirituality, the sort of like self-effacingness of it is mm-hmm. what I like. So the very last spider one where he's like, no more me, no more beliefs. Yeah, so is, it's the is, ego death of like, it's either Buddhism or Hinduism is yeah. like the very like ego but it's, death. Kind I of. mean, that is a tradition within Christianity. I, I think it's one that American Christianity kind of isn't cool with. Yeah. But like <laughs> the idea in American Christianity, it's so much about like, what do you believe? What do you believe? And in for it seems like for Aaron, it's much more about your experience and what you're doing and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. It's still more spiritual than I have ever been or yeah. want to be but like <laughs> if I'm going to hear it I'd rather that and yeah. so I'd like yeah. that one that of, makes of the spiders yeah. you can but be, all of them are kind of the right trash to eat, you know? you what'd just, you say you just gotta get into the right dumpster to eat <laughs> no exactly <laughs> like you, oh. yeah. ayahuasca but, dumpster yo for real I think on, my on tour they almost <laughs> killed me with that trash vegan stuff <laughs> and, and, and I mean literally they oh, got literally. A, I thought you got were a bunch of, They got a bunch of fried food and I'm allergic to fish and so we're just munching this fried food and I was like Oh shit! Is this fish? And they're like, "Yeah." And I was like, <laughs> "My throat's cool. a little bit itchy. I'm gonna go throw cool. up, I'm or die. I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about um, to go into anaphylactic shock." Jeez. 
Oh, the, Joey, it's uh, 43 minutes and 39 seconds. I think that's a good length. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just uh, barely, though. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think they could cut a song. I think they could cut a song. Post 45, more than 45 is too long. Yeah. Okay. I think they could have cut a song. Unfortunately, they could have cut Sun in the Moon. the name <laughs> with the record. <laughs> so. They could definitely cut Sun in the Moon. Well, hey, it's like they said, I'm a donkey's jaw on a desert dune. Um, <laughs> I, I actually love that line. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, what is that, that from? What song is that from? I have no idea. Is it Market Dimly Lit? Yeah. Sure. Yo, that, the end of that song is like the heaviest. Yo, I love it. Let's straight up mention that O Porcupine features Jeremy Enig. Like, oh, yeah. Yes. The first time I thought that if I came on your show, I would do this was when you guys did Sunday Day Real Estate. And <laughs> talking about Sunday Real Estate, I went, oh, man, what's that fucking me without you, Sunday? Because <laughs> I love that ending when it he's is. like, oh, darkness, a light shine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I also that, love the, when he's like the speckled bird running across the road when he could have flown thing. I love I, That's yeah. just the most, one of the most, like, that. Their One of the lyrics are with pretty great, yeah. honestly. I'm not sure if this is related, but are we ever going to talk about when Sunny Day Real Estate lead singer is in Brazil, he has braces? Um, I did not know that he had braces, <laughs> but I do love Brazil. <laughs> yeah, so he did when he was... I, I don't know if it's related escape. right now. We'll talk about it later. We'll, we'll get talk, to it. We'll okay. get to it. <laughs> I mean, yes, I, bring up save this, it. I bring up the thing because when I realized he Jeremy Enig was on this record, I'm sure it's just like they met him or some shit. Yeah. But back in the day, there was this whole rumor that... The reason Sunny Day Real Estate broke up was because Jeremy Eden converted to Christianity. Right, he's like, and that's why that's something to break up over. Well, I don't know. Maybe all that again. For it's a people, rumor, I guess. Yeah. and for a lot of people, that the, his solo record, the Frog, whatever the fuck, yeah, has all these <laughs> spiritual themes on it, yeah. which I don't see. I think that record is nonsense. Yeah, where, I mean, I like that record a lot, but I don't think it has themes. I, I think it's yeah. just like yeah. I didn't know about that one. I'll have to check that out. Oh, his solo. I like that solo record a lot, but I have no idea. If it has any themes of it. like, yeah. I've had people show up saying to me like, "Oh, that's clearly a record about Jesus," and I'm like, "It is, yeah, <laughs> all right." <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's clearly about anything but a frog. Has anybody got a <laughs> weird owl title for oh, any of these? I do, but I'm not proud of it. <laughs> do it anyway. Um, I got two this time. I got like a mic set up. Okay, I'll, I'll do my other one then too. <laughs> okay, so a glass can only spill what it contains. Would be Ira Glass can only chill when he's on trains. <laughs> 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 that one's pretty good. And right. then uh, there's Wolf Am I and Shadow. So I did Hal Am I and Shallow. So like Shallow Hal. Oh, Shallow Hal. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So next. Uh, one of mine is, this one's not that good. Now that I see it up again. <laughs> oh, Frankenstein. It's no. a it just rhymes with porcupine. No, I think that's good. And then good. my other one is In the Gym Really Fit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that was pretty good. Those are both weird Alice fuck, yeah. Uh, so I had a C minor. I would... It would be C minor, but it would be S E A M I N E R. Okay. It would be a deep sea diver that goes into the ocean to uh, get like minerals. Great, I love, I love, love it. that. I love that. <laughs> Respect. Um, how did Pitchfork do on this album? Did they don't they? have one. Nothing. Uh, Spin gave it That's a where three the and a half. Doesn't have. That. Uh, Spin gave it a three and a half out of five. Hey, Jesus Freak Central or whatever gave it that five out of five. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What would you guys give I it? I trust Mike? Jesus Freak Central. <laughs> what would you give it, Mike? Honestly, out of ten, I'd give it like a good. Seven probably. It's, yeah. I, it's one of their better albums. It's, it holds up honestly. It holds yeah. up way more than I thought it would. I would probably do like a six because it's really like this album just really not for me. But yeah. I it's not one of those things where like I think they were bad. It's just not my taste. Yeah. I, I think they wrote it well. I think there's a lot of intention. It I respect it, but I probably won't listen to it again after this. That makes sense. Yeah, so, I get it. Like a six. Liam, what would you give it? I mean, when it came out, I was like, 10 out of 10, best album ever. Yeah. And then uh, 
I think before this listen through, I would have said like seven and a half or whatever. Yeah. But actually having listened to it now a few times, I really thought about it. If you took out that one, again, I hate to harp on it, but if you took out brother, sister, <laughs> we can. you mean son of the moon. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's going to be son of the moon. Uh, which, by the way, because I think the name of the album is actually Brother, Son, Sister, Moon. Uh, <laughs> if you took that song out, I think I would give it a 9 out of 10. Because, like, it's really, when I really thought about what I like about the record, that's the only moment where I stop and think, like, all right, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. This is yeah, taking a little bit. It, whatever. I mean, I do. There's you know what I mean? can make a but playlist but, but, but you know what I'm saying? It. Like, I'm just saying, like, as a record, I actually think the rest of it is that level for me. Yeah. And I didn't realize it because I just don't. I don't listen to stuff like this very much anymore. There's a period where something like this that was like noisy rock, emo adjacent with a little bit of world music thrown in yeah. sounds fucking great. But <laughs> lately I've mostly been listening to like uh, fast hardcore and pop music. And yeah. That's about it. <laughs> so like this was just like kind of a what weird a fit. Juxtaposition so. of things to listen to. <laughs> uh, let me go ahead and plug then my recent playlist for Cinebunks, <laughs> which is almost entirely fast hardcore and, <laughs> and pop, pop music. music. <laughs> and, and some uh, freestyle if you like some uh, freestyle. But it's real yeah. good. I like that playlist. Did you like that playlist? I really did. I really thought I people I would be like, you, what the you fuck and Josh is wrong better, with right? No, I'm you're thinking, thinking of a different him. one. Oh, I just a newer did one. a new one. He just oh. did one. A couple it's of literally days ago. called the Vibe Killer because I think it's a Vibe Killer playlist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I would give it probably like a seven and a half, maybe even an eight. Like I liked it going way more, way more than I thought I would this time around. Like going into it, a lot like what Liam said, going into it, I was prepared to like be like, yeah, I'd give it. This like is a one six. of the more optimistic times I've seen you, Joey. I know. I, wow. I right. thoroughly enjoyed listening to this again. It was cool. Okay. If they did Pretty a nostalgic. tour, if they did a if they did a reunion tour. Or not reading, but a fucking like a nostalgia tour board. of this record. Yeah, I think I would be super stoked on that. I think yeah. I would. Not go, that I probably. don't want them to play other shit too. Yeah, but like if they were like, we're gonna do that record full, and then a few other songs, I'd be like, I'm there, yeah, man. And then if if I knew they were also gonna do flamethrower and let me do guest vocals, I'd pay. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> I will give you a hundred. Oddly bucks. specific. I would give you a hundred <laughs> bucks and let me. That's one of those like you're in the shower and you just like close your eyes and you're just imagining what's gonna happen. <laughs> totally. <laughs> this you is picture. this is what's gonna happen right now. <laughs> Aaron riding on a stage on a, on a bike. <laughs> yeah. What are we going to play for the transition? Should we play Oh Porcupine? We were talking about it. That's fine. Let's do a January I was, was going to say, a Glass Can song. Only Spill What Contains is really good, too. All right, well, let's play Glass Can Only Spill What Contains. I like the idea of playing a song contains. not on the album for a transition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've done it before. So you mean Flamethrower? <laughs> it just reminds everyone out there that we can do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> Nobody sees me, nobody 
And we're back. All right. We are back. Liam. Hello. You've been, watch, you been watching anything cool lately? Any good movies? Any good shows? So you guys know that I'm on too many goddamn podcasts. So <laughs> mostly what I've had to watch is stuff from my podcast, which like is a burden that I don't Heard hate, that. but it's just a lot. But as far as like shows, um, so... Uh, another thing I've said before, but let me affirm for the listeners: I have a two-year-old, and she <laughs> she really likes rocker. she really likes We Bear Bears, so I watch a lot of that. But it's been a, it's like too much, so sometimes I try to work in other shit to like distract her. So I recently watched a show on Netflix called The Hollow, and I didn't know anything about it. I just was like, "That's a cartoon." She likes cartoons, so I put it on. <laughs> yeah, it's it was actually pretty good. I think oh. I think it uh-huh. it's a it's one season one story like i don't think there'll be any other seasons because the story is kind of done mm-hmm. but uh and i didn't love the way the last episode kind of wrapped up but the journey there was worth it that yeah. i think if you like animation and you're not offended by shit that's supposed to be for kids it's it's pretty good and it was kind of like i figured it out like halfway through kind of what was going on you yeah know what i mean so that's always a little annoying because it's like <laughs> they definitely stretch out the mystery to like the second to last episode. You're like, yeah, guys, I got it. I figured it out. <laughs> but uh, but it was still fun. And I don't know. This is a good thing. And then. Uh, so you have a lot of thoughts on it. Did she like it? Ooh, no. that's a great question. <laughs> About midway through, she started going, oh, bears. Call her up and ask. <laughs> uh, and then um, me, and the, me and the wifey uh, really enjoyed that Russian doll show. Yeah, What's that all about? I, I watched just like, watched that. It was I've watched very like enjoyable. three episodes it's so of it. Good. Okay. I've watched like three episodes of it so far, and I enjoy it. I mean, I think it. a Definitely lot of people have watching. sort of have sort of broken it down to be like, "Oh, it's like Groundhog Day," and I'm like, "It's not fucking ground." It's no, there's yeah. so much more to it yeah. through her story. There's even things I didn't real like. You know, there'll be those YouTube videos. It's like everything you missed and whatever, and I hate those fucking videos because they're always wrong. Like I'm always like, "No, I got it, buddy." <laughs> I watched one of those just to see, and I was like, "No, I didn't catch that." So like. Huh. There's a, right. okay. there's a, there's some actors who show up multiple times in different roles. Okay. Really? Show, yeah. And well, I, I missed that. I'm going to pay I don't want to like ruin now. it for anyone, so I won't say yeah. I'll get you off mic. No spoilers, mic. but yeah, it's uh, definitely worth watching. Cool ass show. Uh, the only thing I'll say as far as movie wise, like I said, just listen to my podcast and that's basically everything I've been watching. But, <laughs> uh, but the one thing I did watch for a podcast in case you don't get a chance to see it. Or you didn't go just listen to the podcast, but I think you should see it. Is the new Gaspar No movie Climax? Okay. So if you know who Gaspar No is, you know he's a fucking gimmicky motherfucker. Like that's his thing. Is like all the movies have some sort of weird gimmick thing going on. Mm-hmm. But I just think for Climax it really works, and it's sort of like uh, it starts off with interviews sh- that sort of set up who the characters are. Then it has this crazy 15-minute-long dance sequence because all the characters are these dancers in a dance troupe, and it's like you're at their rehearsal. 15 And so minutes. it's their whole dance thing. It's so good. It's like literally that alone. I was like, this is one of the best we've ever seen because the dance is so crazy. <laughs> and then they start to party after rehearsal, and someone has spiked the punch with acid. Okay. And they oh. all just start going crazy. And cool. apparently it's based off a thing that actually happened, but it's like not too. But anyways, <laughs> everyone goes crazy because they're high and it's too many people high in a closed space who didn't know they were going to be high. Sounds like a nightmare. Sh- sounds like that story of when That's they basically, fil- it's a horror movie. It's sold uh, as a horror movie. Sounds like okay. the story when they filmed Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole crew got high because somebody, Wait, I what? can't remember what it was. We yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, it on Some Friends like that at happened. one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's basically, the movie's like an hour and 40 minutes. The first hour is just set up for the 40 minutes. And in fact, there's no, uh, there's no, uh, 
credits until at the I think it's almost exactly at the hour mark. Yeah, and then here. it's just all the credits like as if it was the end of the movie. But actually it's like the, okay, here's the end of all the normal shit. Now here's just a nonstop assault of fucked up weird. So that was all a cold open almost? Yeah, basically. <laughs> An hour Whoa. long cold open. <laughs> but it's like really good. I don't know. It's good if you're not put off. I mean, I have a weird theory about Gaspar Noe that like, you know, like when you see a film and someone has really good ideas, but they're filmmaking ability isn't up to the task so yeah it's like you kind of forgive them i think he's the opposite he's a fucking master filmmaker but all of his ideas are probably pretty bad yeah so like i think that's what this movie is there's still this something like to amazingly it. done film that's literally just like guys what if like all these dancers were high and they acted crazy that's the whole fucking movie but it works because he's such a good technician yeah that he makes just, sense he just indulged himself a little too much it's out of control there's whole sequences where the camera's just upside down <laughs> So that you just feel yeah. fucked up. I feel like I would be sick. I feel like that's the uh, movie version of a handful of like third wave emo bands. Where, like, <laughs> right. Really right. good singers, but what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> right, right. Shut up. Um, uh, kind of like Boys Night Out. Right? Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't want to say Boys it. Night out. I didn't want to say it, but Joey, I was thinking that. <laughs> Someone in the room really likes them. <laughs> um, Joey, what have you been watching lately? Uh, well, on the Groundhog Day trip, I watched the movies Triangle and Time Crimes yes. for my friend's podcast, Another Look. Time Crimes is both awesome. Both those episodes are out by now. Time those Crimes episodes were great, man. Thanks. And uh, yeah, those those movies are great. And I think they're like the perfect double feature, honestly. Hell yeah. I agree. Yeah. Having not, having not seen Triangle but heard you talk about it, I agree. Dude, it's I, I <laughs> yeah. like it quite a bit. I don't have to watch it now. <laughs> you don't. That's true. Tyler, what have you been watching? Um, so I just watched Russian Doll. Uh... Again, I'm going to tell everyone, The Orville, check it out. Season two rules. <laughs> That's about popcorn, about Orville Redding. Redding, Redding it's, it's not. Uh, but season, <laughs> season one was neat because the studio had a lot of control, and then Seth MacFarlane took more responsibility on how everything was run in season two, and it's actually solid, like good plot lines. And like, yeah, they make it funny, but like you get invested in what's going on around the ship the orville it's great <laughs> here's, uh, a, here's, and then, here's the thing though how punchable is seth MacFarlane's face oh yeah show? that's a that's the thing like i i don't <laughs> like when he does sh- like shitty gimmicky voices i uh, thought you were talking about it, seth rogan this whole time I just, <laughs> the, just the cover of it looks like Star this Trek. uh this show's good and then uh screen time wise i mean 90 percent of the time i'm either watching the office or parks and rec just for filler so yeah nice that's it hell yeah uh, and me, well, <laughs> what's going on, Mike? <laughs> I watched that new uh, Duplass movie with Ray Romano Pattinson. Oh, I want to see that. I, it's like, I really want to watch. It's good. It. It's crushing, but it's awesome. It's really, it's really like pretty heavy. They didn't do it though, right? Just Mark is in it. I think Jay maybe had a hand in writing it or okay. something like that, or producer or something. Okay. But, um, yeah, that was really good. And then I watched this older uh, movie with like Melanie Linsky in it from like 2011. It's directed by Todd Luiso. He's like the guy, the bald guy from um, High Fidelity. Okay. He, oh, okay. The guy that plays... Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's him, yeah. Uh, Todd, maybe, something like that. Todd, but yeah, it's called yeah. Hello, I Must Be Going, and it's just kind of a like an indie movie from like 2011-ish. And that was really good. Cool. Um, and I finally caught up and watched Black Klansman, and that movie was so good. Yeah. Insanely yeah, good. It's really up. good. I haven't watched it yet. Oof. How I, is Ray I, Romano I, in a dramatic role? Because I feel like that would be neat. Dude, he's coming back big time. Did you see um, Big Sick? He's yeah. kind of dramatic role in that i guess yeah that was actually really but like good. also kind of funny yeah he yeah. was great in that yeah he had like that uh that dry humor yeah on that one yeah, yeah. I, I feel like he's not a everyone good actor. loves he's back kind of yeah. stuff. oh and actually while you're talking about time bending movies and all this like all these kind of like russian doll and stuff russian yeah. Doll and stuff. yeah i saw happy death day to you 
And they oh, could make yeah. a fucking million of those oh, movies shit. I'd watch every So I watched circle. Happy Death Day because everyone keeps talking about Happy Death Day to you. Did you like it? I really, I was Dude, so surprised right? how much yeah. I liked it. And I think that actress needs to get a lot more respect. Same. Yeah. She's so She's fun. really good. In fact, I think some of the other people I liked less because yeah. they're doing the whole like, I'm in a horror movie, blah, blah. And, and then she's, she's like actually good in the movie. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, get your game up, motherfuckers. Yeah. I need to so, see two still. So the sequel, they play up the like silly factor a little more, but she's still aw- like, she's so good. At- I saw I saw Happy Death Day originally, the first one on like opening night thinking like it'll be a stupid whatever movie. Yeah. And everyone I was with was like, damn, that rocked. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. Really good. Is there anything you're trying to say? No. Anyone that's open? No, I haven't even well, been to the March movies 8th, yet. March eighteenth, Starfish oh. is something that everyone's trying to see. <laughs> yes, this I think this will come this'll out. Be it's out too early after that. This will be out after that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So what is up with Starfish, Liam? It's like um, uh, I know it's Justin is hosting it, right? Yeah. So uh, we basically it's a movie we saw at Brooklyn Horror Film Fest. It's not actually like a horror movie. It's more like a sci-fi kind of drama thing. Okay, and uh, we just made friends with the director and so um one of the guys the company that's putting out is out of brooklyn called yellow veil productions cool and it's a dude named joe yannick who people might know from his band masakari that used to play a lot oh i remember them yeah so joe's been down with cinepunks for a while he used to be a regular editor till he started this company you know funny enough running a company gets you too busy to edit my website so uh (laughs) Anyways, he knowing that we were friends with the director and the director did an episode of Harvest's with us. Cool. He hit us up like, yo, we're touring this thing where you got one night in Philly. Will you guys do it? Oh, so we're sick. setting it up. So I, I guess this is coming out after this. So you yeah. missed it, whoever you are. But I still would <laughs> it recommend. It's a smashing success. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be out. I mean, here's the thing. I want people to see it in Philly, but if you missed it, definitely get to a fucking, I think it's on iTunes soon or mm-hmm. If, it, if this is coming out after that, it's definitely going to be out streaming and digital oh, yeah. soon. So it's cool. I think it's a it's a time-bending, end-of-the-world movie yeah. that's really about depression, basically. Cool. Okay. okay. That I sounds mean, cool. I've seen a bunch of like promo for it now through like through you and Josh, yeah. or not Josh, you and uh, Justin and stuff, and, and it looks awesome. Everything I've seen about it looks really, really, like, it looks insanely well yeah. done. But I feel bad squeezing in such a shameless plug when this is coming out after the fact. Uh, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to put this plug in here. Hopefully Whoa, you were no, there. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, all right, well, let's let's shift gears and talk talk new kids. Yeah, Liam, you'd seen Please. this before. Oh, two I weeks sure before did. And yeah, I knew nothing about it, but we do a thing where we kind of like go through the tags, like the IMDb yeah, tags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know some of the tags. I, I w- w- looked at these before I watched the movie, and I was very stoked. Um, do they make any sense put together? No. Yeah. No, okay. no. Underwear, actual animal killed, uncle nephew relationship, gang violence, <laughs> killing a dog, urination, homoeroticism, homoerotic fight, hall of mirrors, and military funeral. <laughs> They're all in it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. why are those? Wait, can uh, I? Before oh, wow. before we even get that much more into it, I want to start off with a really basic question. Yeah. Do you guys really think this is a horror film? No. No, not really. It was marketed like, as one. It gets Everyone there. who no. writes about it writes about it as one. Well, and the poster makes it look like one too. She's I called the baseball f- bat. She never uses the entire movie. I one yeah. I one hundred percent think it's just a teen drama, but Sean Cunningham can't help but end yeah. in blood and 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's like, all right, so some teens are in a conflict. How do we end this? Yeah. I know. Murder. Let's have yeah, a murder. I will murder say, with no repercussion. This yeah. escalated so fucking yeah. quick. Yeah. It's, it's really my nowhere. favorite part it of the was, movie. Yeah. It was high school bullies for a bit. Like, oh, okay, yeah, they're dicks. And then it was just like, we're going to murder everybody. Then they start doing crazy shit. They, you know, they do like, they like key someone's car, fine. They smash through the gate of the, they like destroy property. Okay, a yeah, little Yeah, it's crazy. just teenage bullies. But then they're like going to, like gang rape Laurie Lachlan. It's like horrible. It's like well, yeah. that that one scene. Shit. It was like, oh, oh man, they're gonna gang rape her. And then they're like, let's just light her up. And I'm like, wait, did we just move from maybe raping this young woman to, to lighting, lighting her on, her on fire? fire? Yeah. What is going the on? The whole thing was, I was just like, please don't have a rape scene, please. Yeah, I know. I, okay, so I was it's went horrible. into this expecting an exploitation movie, and I don't know if y'all know, but like exploitation is like one of my favorite genres of film. So yeah. I was like really stoked. And honestly, when I suggested it, I was like, you know, for a podcast that does cheesy movies, they don't talk about, <laughs> about exploitation. So I'm going to put it in there. Yeah, but on this on um, this second watch, I'm like, taken. this is a movie that isn't, because an exploitation movie is intentional. I think it's a movie that is trying of to use sex and violence and other things to like get you to see it. Mm-hmm. Watching this movie a second time, I think this guy actually really intended to make a slightly racy teen movie and just went over the fucking line in the best for me the best possible way right and the and the only reason it didn't become a movie i didn't enjoy is because spoiler there is no rape that doesn't happen yeah if that had happened i think it wouldn't have ruined it for me but it would have made it like less pleasant and less endearing yeah the fact that it never gets there i was like Oh, okay, I like this. This is fun. There's a lot yeah. of yeah. There's a there's a fucking shotgun fight. I'm into that. Like yeah. there's, there's more like a shotgun lot of fights. Theatrical punches. Yeah, <laughs> that was there, that was one of those things with the guns when I was just like, why do they have infinity bullets? <laughs> infinity Bro, bullets. I'm so far past that question. <laughs> they shot so many times and just kept going. It was like somewhere in 1980, all of Hollywood said, "You know what sucks? Reloading. Let's just stop. <laughs> yeah. Just cut it from the film." I didn't know what to expect at all from this, and then like one minute in, when Tom Atkins yes. tell, tells his daughter that she has a sexy body, okay. I was like, "Oh boy." Okay, Ugh. hang on, hang on. I've got that clip right here. The first quote of the movie. I was so happy to see. My Tom first Atkins. note also is just mustache, Dad. <laughs> Yeah. Yo, I wanted so, more of him in this. Same. Me too. Come you guys, off and on, off your backs and on your feet. Let's go, son. What's the matter? You whack out too much last night? Come on, you can't get strong when you're lying down. Rise and shine on your feet. Go, let's go, let's go. Oh, Reveille, no. Reveille. Come on, come on, darling. Time to get up. practice with live ammo today, Major. <laughs> Colonel, Colonel now, sweetheart. Remember that. Keep that in the forefront of that skull. It means more greenbacks to buy designer jeans for this sexy little body. Come on, let's go. Insane. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to lie. There's like a 100% chance that Tom Atkins fucking improvised that line. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that whole time, I'm like, this is just how Tom Atkins talks. Also, I was like, their beds are so small. <laughs> so can we also they, talk about how it just jumps right into an 80s exercise montage dude i literally have that right, right there starting the best, with a montage the way to start the movie starting with a montage is that so bold because you don't establish Anything. why they're doing that it's so awesome i was so well, he's in the military that's all you need he's yeah military dad okay cool i guess they're gonna work out for a while with some awesome 80s music. Well, i'm so glad everyone else realized starting with a montage is wild i was like what if this is just the movie ending in the rolling credits that was the whole movie i, feel, <laughs> I also feel like that the 
the the whole story of them being like a military family doesn't necessarily play into the rest of the movie. Doesn't pay off at all. Like oh, at all, it one hundred percent does. Like it kind of does, but it could have just. They could have been like survivalists or something. Yeah, no, I totally. Guess. But I, I just think it's like a setup for them to justify like. You know, being badass later. They fought off that whole gang, and yeah. the gang doesn't see it coming that they have a chance. Like that's I true. Think that's I do think though it's a false advertisement. Even to though the son gets Atkins. his ass whipped like four times before he realizes. Yeah, yeah okay. he's a brawler though. That's he, true. He yeah. throws some solid hooks that make but I'm really just saying, weird like, noises. Having Tom Atkins in the movie for just that long it is like, like a, a real tease. Like, yeah, it is. But <laughs> he probably got paid second, so much money for that. <laughs> second montage, Tom Atkins. Like having delay in his voice saying you gotta be strong while his son does pull ups, Tai Chi, One rides a roller coaster, there's a, a picnic <laughs> They're on like a carousel. You Did you not know that time. riding a roller coaster is one of the best core workouts? <laughs> <laughs> really well, but you yeah. scream a lot, so it's you know. <laughs> but anytime I get down, I just want to hear Tom Atkins in my head saying, "You got to be strong." strong. Uh, I think our former uh, movie friend—I don't want to say film friend—but our funny. former uh, cheesy friend would be uh, proud when they eat Popeye's chicken. Little Nikki. Would be pretty stoked on because the T bones were off a limit in the fridge, so they got like. <laughs> Five boxes of Popeyes. <laughs> also, so the whole thing where they like they're down and out as kids because their parents died. Their dad was a colonel in the military. There's definite benefits like life insurance policies and pensions yeah. that would go to them. I think they that, probably could have lived on their own. But yeah, they go to live with Yo, their uncle. That's my thing. Is how old are they in this movie? They're like in high school, but they're they seem twenty six. They seem <laughs> they look and seem and act like they're much older. I don't know. Well, I think that's the problem, right? Is that there is no one who looks like they're in high school in yeah, this movie. Exactly. Well, and it I sort mean, of yeah. hurts the whole thing a little. Like it, maybe, th- maybe Lori Loughlin a little bit. A little bit. She was but, 21 yeah. when this was made. Oh, she was. And, well, and she also the, hasn't aged to this day. Right, right, right. Would, so. I think that's is, part of what sets like Sleepaway Camp apart is that like oh, Sleepaway Camp actual is like kids, kids being yeah. kids. I this movie, movie, you're like, man, these are some angry 20-year-olds. Like nothing. No one looks like a child. Even Eric Stoltz, who looks very young, doesn't look like a child. Yeah. And then Blacklist's own James Spader. With, with he his, looks with like his, he's like my age. You're gonna, in this. We're going to say Blacklist is his main thing. Well, you're you're going to say it's from The Office. <laughs> I was going to say Sex Lies of Videotape, but whatever. Stargate, dude. He's got a... Oh, got yeah, Stargate. I give you that. I just watched... Actually, going back, I watched that like two weeks ago. That movie rules. Okay. Yeah. Um, with I uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't even get me started on Kurt. Yeah, he's great. He's yeah. my dad. So. Um, <laughs> there's a scene where James Spader is lying in bed without, just in his his whitey blue, tighties, his blue bluey blue bluey tighties. Bikini blue briefs tighties. is what you're looking for. Bikini briefs, and he's got a gold chain on, and he's got <laughs> he's got a spade tattoo. I'm sure that's just a real life spader spade. Yeah, wow. I didn't even notice. That I yet. saw. I literally I was watching with uh, Kate, and I said, "Do you think because he's James Spader that spades on his arm?" Absolutely. And she like Lutely. just. She just gave up. She's like, oh my so god. So the scene. Okay, so you know these these dudes are basically harassed. Like, okay, let's back this whole thing up. They move to Florida, but it's a part of Florida that's Hicksville, Florida. That's yeah. most of Florida. Is, is outside outside of, I'm sure. I'm sure. Outside of Miami like very, and like Orlando, pretty much everything's just meth. I think. And so these dudes just decide they want to fuck his sister, and they just make the whole movie revolves around the fact that she is like not nice to them and now they're gonna like murder his family. But she's perfectly Basically. cordial to them. They're yeah, being no, fucking no, awful There's nothing wrong with what oh, she's doing. Yeah. So like first of all I just want to say just a side note I read a few reviews <laughs> to like prepare for this and let me just say if you're a dude writing reviews <laughs> of movies and you're gonna sit there and be like 
it's not believable because no guy would be that offended that you wouldn't sleep with them. Mm. Maybe like keep your uh. fucking opinion to yourself <laughs> yeah. because you have no idea what it's actually like. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So that, yeah. I saw that a lot. And then a lot of dudes being like, it's not even scary. Like, why would she even be scared? And I'm like, jeez, you're because a fucking monster. Did so you anyways, see the James it's a Spader group scene of five the, dudes that are psychopaths? What are you? Yeah. Yeah. James Spader like, trying to get gas at the gas station, be like, no, you're coming on that day with me, trying to give her a hundred. Yeah. Like, he's so intimate. But like, all this was just the lead up to this, this thing where so. What I like about these uh, these two brother and sister as victims of harassment is that they stick up for themselves, and especially yeah. at one point, the guy fucking escalates. He sneaks into James Spader's room while he's asleep <laughs> with a fucking knife, takes James Spader hostage, and is like, "You're gonna give me all the money to fix my uncle's car." Side note: That's a homoerotic scene, right? I, Can I just yes. say that that well, that from, is a- from the jump, like from just seeing him asleep in bed with no blankets on. <laughs> It's, it's, I, yeah. it's the whole time I was watching it, I'm like, sleeping very this is sexy. a boner-inducing scene. Right? I said like, bedroom knife scene is very homoerotic. Because <laughs> Did you write the tags? Because that was all over the place. Homoeroticism, <laughs> homoerotic fight. very close. It's very much like a, I might take your money, I might stab you, I might kiss you right now. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the, the whole thing where like, the guy has a knife to him and he like mounts him. And I'm not trying to say that like in a, like a oh, it's dumb. Like I, I felt like it wasn't intentional. It made me kind of wonder like, why did Sean Cunningham make this decision for the scene? Yeah, it was yeah. almost like he's like James Spader is this you know sexy guy in the eighties. We might as well show off his body while this other main character mounts him. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's probably it true. It is Weird. true. Elevator James pitch? Spader's roles before this movie were more leading mannish, and this was the first movie where he played a villain. And in fact, you could argue after this that he mostly played villainous characters after yeah. this movie. Blacklist. Yeah. Uh, Right. <laughs> sure, blacklist. I don't know. Is he bad example. in that or is he good in that? I honestly don't. I don't, know. I don't, I know. I I don't fucking know. Uh, I think <laughs> a little bit of both. He's the anti-hero. He was like straight up scary in this. Yeah, and I he's mean, like his hair is fucked he, up. His, did he bleach his hair? His eye- amazing. Did he bleach his eyebrows? Yes, his hair and his eyebrows are bleached in this movie. Okay, his, I didn't know if he was just really blonde. Back he's got so great upsetting. style in this too. He's like right, the ultimate sure. asshole, though. But he's not like he's like intense when he doesn't intense. mesh with like his cronies yeah like his cronies are like yeah. are like hillbilly punk dudes yeah the one dude is literally just like this gigantor hick guy and, and then their best friend somehow yeah and then james spader's like an intellectual supervillain or something <laughs> i guess my question is like does this take place in like the everglades it's like it's it's like a rough yeah rugged yeah i don't know i don't know much about florida honestly <laughs> this is it's definitely one like, mile south of disneyland oh, disney gosh. world <laughs> It's definitely like a rough, uh, a very country environment. I will say it's also a very 80s movie and the idea that this dude's like, I'm going to start my own amusement park right. and we're going to make money. We're gonna and the whole time watching it going, this is an insurance nightmare. <laughs> Even no one starts nightmare. their own amusement. This yeah. is not going to work out, motherfucker. But nope. like, Have you it, seen Action Boy? I think that's just an excuse for it to end at a at a amusement park at night, which yeah, a lot of movies sure, kind of sure, do. Sure. Well, so step by step or something. from the, all right, so I'm not, I don't want to spoil it. Um, spoil it. The brother and sister, they murder all the bad guys. It's like a 30 year old. The bad guys shoot the uncle in the stomach. And there's like this whole traumatic thing where like the brother and sister have to fight off and murder this entire group of bullies. But then at the end of the movie, like they're at the amusement park and everything's fine. How much time has passed? Is that like three days later? I think it's like the next day. It I feels no, like. no, no, and, no, no. And everyone's so, just and fine. like, well, here's the tour f- to the guests. Like, th- we're going to show you where each one got killed. They made $2,200 <laughs> that day off of that. They yeah. Say. Something like that. Like I insane. think it's supposed to be, my understanding watching it was that it was six months later. 
Oh, okay. Because so, okay. they've had enough time to open up. People have heard about You're it. Right. People yeah. are coming because of it. They're like, we want to see where those kids got slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they like, insane. Back in the 80s, they, I feel like because it was then, they really underplayed the fact that those teenagers would have so much like PTSD from. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that fucking. Well, no, they're a military family, dude. So they're like oh, ready for it. You right. Know? Yeah. I also feel like there were no authority figures in the 80s. There's a cop at one point, but there's like, there's no help for these kids. Like, they're at a dance and the kids are like assaulting this girl on the dance floor. I I mean, no I, I will straight. Wild. I will straight up say my one major critique of this movie is it's it's a little too pro cop. This is my critique of any movie that's pro cop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if you're in that context, it'd be so easy to have the cops be like, "They're just boys being boys." But instead, the yeah. cops are like, "We fucking know it's you. Yeah. If you do it again, we're gonna fuck you up." Like, yeah. They're very like anti these kids, and I, and in my head, I'm going, "Yo, if these." Corrupt ass Southern sheriffs knew these kids were trouble and hated them this much. Yeah, they do something they about it, but instead they just it. show yeah. up and they like yeah. they kind of grab their crotch a little bit. There's a yeah. little bit of like implied threat. Yeah, but then they don't do anything at all. Yeah. That was a little yeah. weird. That was a little <laughs> weird. Speaking of crotches, there's a tracking shot of the brother while he's running and it just tracks up and stops on his dick for like a couple seconds. Then you moves really up his head. see like, the dick. It's crazy. You know, they, you know that dude. They quit don't stop acting. there. You just pause the movie. He what? After this movie, that dude quit acting. Like, After this, this movie. last movie, wow. Then he became a lawyer. And uh, he like is like a very successful. Well, this like, was prosecutor. like a massive flop. It was like lost all. The it money. was like why? Th- <laughs> Yo, honestly, well, it was something crazy. Bad. Like I can't remember what the budget I was. I want to say it was close to like six million. Yeah, and then it only grossed like not even two hundred thousand. They gave wow. you got to understand. You know, he made Friday the Thirteenth for yeah. like seventy five thousand dollars. True. Like that. So he probably it made was okay like sixty million dollars. Yeah. yeah. So they Huge threw money at him, and I just think this movie. I personally I think it's a tonal failure because they were like it's the Friday the 13th guy we'll sell it as a horror movie it's not a fucking horror movie like yeah, I just no. don't think they didn't anyone... know how to market it did, yeah did the original Straw Dogs come out before this oh yeah, yeah I'm yeah, not yeah. sure yeah so I feel like this was his kind of like yeah teenage version of Straw Dogs yeah and yeah. Straw Dogs is part of a whole I mean that's a whole exploitation genre the home invasion yeah. well that was way better though, you know? this yeah, yeah. this was absurd <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean don't be wrong like I, I like this movie a lot but part of my appreciation for the movie is its absurdity like yeah. parts of it just being like because it tries to be so cute fully knowing like how can you shoot some of those scenes fully knowing a dude's gonna get mauled by a pit bull. Cocaine. Like you know that that's part of the movie, but you're like, yeah, this is fun. We're having fun right now. Or that oh, it was gonna... cocaine. They did a lot. Oh, you of cocaine. mean when <laughs> you mean when Judah Freelander gets mauled by a dog? <laughs> <laughs> World champion. I love. Or like, when he's uh, laying in piss, they're fighting at urinals, and then he gets knocked out into his own pit. Is that so weird? When the guy just pees on his pants at the bathroom, it's so, yeah. and then like the obvious foreshadowing when they're like covering the rope in blood for the dog to like yeah. chew on, and then yeah. they spill it over that guy's face. Oh. What is going to happen here? And, they yeah. sh- and then he shoots the dog, and it looks like it gets ripped away from the yeah. scene. Yeah. Is the animal getting killed back. part a reference to the chicken? It's got to oh, be, because yeah. that's like definitely a real chicken getting its definitely. head chopped off, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, they zoomed that in really far. That was weird. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Oh, and I guess the I guess them trying to light Laurie Lachlan on fire is foreshadowing for when James Spader gets his untimely... Maybe. Uh, that was. <laughs> I like. I'm not how, gonna lie. That was like one of my favorite parts. That of that great. scene's pretty great. That when he's like got the gas pump. Oh yeah, the whole place would be blown up in seconds. But also, yep. I love like the obvious stunt man. Yeah, he like suddenly <laughs> sure, gets sure, fatter because sure. of the I, padding I so, um, and his clothes, <laughs> and like his hair is way different. Definitely some Raiders of the uh, Lost Ark vibes. Yeah, 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 the yeah melting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Have you guys seen? Um, it's like another small town movie similar to this. A couple years later, Rad. 
like the BMX movie. I still yeah. haven't seen that. With Laurie Lachlan in it. It's, it's, she looks yeah. like she's the same character, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Sweet, no, but I've heard you tell me about it. So basically, yes, I've seen it. I have it on DVD if you guys want to borrow it. I'm pretty sure. That yeah. Sick. Hell yeah. Um, Standard definition, baby. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> probably even worse somehow. Um, you guys have any, any more thoughts on the movie? Um, I mean, it's it's a dumb, fun... It You know what you're getting. It, no one going to this movie thinks they're getting Godard. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, it's the guy who made Friday the 13th. I, mean, I think part of the backlash against the movie is that people think Friday the 13th is like some sort of fucking masterpiece of horror instead of like a reasonably competent slasher movie. Yeah. 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 So well, this, this is, movie gets pretty slashery at the end. Yeah. I mean, he oh, gets yeah. the roller coaster run over some guy's head. I was that literally just going to say... Yeah. <laughs> and it blows... His head, like, blows up. The one thing this has <laughs> going for it is I've never seen Death by Roller Coaster. Yeah, that was cool. So I'll give him that one. Yeah, You've that was pretty innovative. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Not in the same <laughs> way, <though. laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever, man. Any movie where someone's last name is Mick Williams, I'm fucking... I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I will say, uh, after second viewing, I found myself like later like humming, like, you got to stand up. <laughs> yeah, well, say, Liam, how do you feel <laughs> that you're the podcast in-house expert on this movie having seen it twice in one month? <laughs> oh, man. I, I think it was, I, I, I said one month, but the more I think about it, it was probably actually longer than that. It's just... Just we, felt shorter. We got really sick at the house, so like time kind of got compressed. <laughs> yeah. The whole fam is sick. It becomes like a fucking warp zone or whatever. But Sounds like a yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean... In the last couple months, I've watched this movie twice. Yeah. Those are the two times I've ever seen it. But I, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I, I like this kind of movie, and I, I think for me, the part of it that makes it not a really truly good movie is also what I like about it because yeah. I like that tonally it's stupid. It's stupid that it's both a teen fun movie and a movie where a guy gets mauled by a pit bull. Those don't need to be together. <laughs> but God damn it, I'm glad they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's, I, I mean, don't go wrong. I, would I want to show it in a film class? No. But if we're doing, let's say we're doing it like an exploitation marathon, this could go between Assault on Precinct 13 and like Vice Squad. Like that would be a fun. You've thought of this middle. before. It's <laughs> two of my favorite exploitation <laughs> Assault on Precinct 13 is one of the most underrated movies in Carpenter's catalog, I think. That yeah. movie's insanely good. I've never seen it. I like it so much that the, that the, it's definitely just one the of my soundtrack gets me still. Yeah. Like it's, it's his best soundtrack and he made it in a day. It's yeah, so good. <laughs> um, I could talk about John Carpenter forever, so let's not go down that. Uh, Rod Tomatoes gave this movie a twenty-three. Oh, Jesus, that's pretty rough. Nice. That's mighty low. I would, I would have assumed a fifty percent. That's what you know, yeah. you know or forty-five. Something. Like I that. would honestly give it like a five out of ten, but I like it at the same time. Like you I know would, what I mean? I would watch yeah. it again for sure. I don't know if I, I would, do but t- I, had, I, I had fun. No, I don't I do wouldn't. ten, but I gave it a three and a half, which is for me like a. A movie I enjoy that I don't think brings anything new. Well, here, here's yeah. my, here's my question. Oh, you mean out of five? The first yeah, time you yeah, watched yeah. it, what would you have given it? And upon second viewing, how does that change? <laughs> I think it actually stays view. a three and a half because in order for it to change, something would have had to annoy me this time where I'm like, oh, this part's okay. actually dumb. And instead, I still had fun with it. I mean, <laughs> I, think, um, I think it's not, I will say, since it's only been a couple months from the two watches, it's not a movie I could watch a lot. No, like, I feel yeah. like, it, you know, in a year, if someone was like, oh, I've never seen that, I might be like, oh, okay, we can watch that. But honestly, there's so many cool fucked up movies I haven't gotten to see yet that it's hard for me to rewatch anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess I, I especially really like the era that it's from, like early, right. mid-80s. It's like uh, any movie from that time, and this plot is like tangential enough to something that I'd really like. I feel like it's it fits really well. Um, I think I gave it like Unlettered Box, I think like a 6 out of 10. 
like yeah. three out of five. I feel like it's just you know it's above good, but it's not like incredible. But yeah, sure. I, I would do f- uh, five out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Very, I think if uh, I think fine. if fucking James Spader wasn't in this. We'd be having a different conversation because the more I think about it, he there are parts of the movie that maybe start to get a little slow or cornball, uh-huh. but he's chewing the scenery so goddamn well. Hard he like demands like, your attention, yeah, by, just by watching. It if you guys could replace James Spader with one other actor or actress, who would you? Who in would you pick? his whole line of work, or no, in just, this movie? A, just this movie. <laughs> uh, the Pitbull, I think the Pitbull would play his part pretty well. Dude, How the dialogue work on that one? Uh, woof, woof is what. Oh, okay, I'm trying yeah. to think of somebody that would have been like, I guess, young at the same time. Hmm. What about the actor that played Rufio in Hook? <laughs> <laughs> he would have been like a baby in this. <laughs> you know, yeah, okay. So I, I feel like I should know that guy's name because, you know, my co-host for Cinepunks is Josh Alvarez, and he knows every Filipino actor's name, like every single one. So when Rufio comes up, he's like, oh, you mean blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> Let's that. call him up. <laughs> Young Me was the biggest fan of Rufio. I thought he was the coolest motherfucker yeah. in the world. <laughs> All right, maybe now, that guy from like might uh, still be. I was gonna say maybe the guy that plays like uh, the dude from Terminator that plays uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, the, <laughs> 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 yeah. the guy that plays like John, John older John Connor, but he kind of looks like the the son in this movie too. So oh, you mean Edward Furlong? No, that plays uh, like adult John Carpenter oh, in the adult. first in yes, the first yes, Terminator. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe that okay. guy. We'll go with him. He's, he's sure. Like a, I should know his name. Young hot guy, I guess. Yeah. Oh, we love young hot guys <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's... Has everyone given their, their rating? Yeah. yeah. Well, what yeah. about you, Mike? Oh, yeah, you I did. Said, you did. You did. Six. six out of ten. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you said three out of five or a six out of ten, which, I, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> also a uh, 12 out of 20. <laughs> anyway. Shut up. <laughs> should we do a, a segment called Tasty Notes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Uh, mine sucks for this. It's just the the album came out on a label called Burnt Toast Records, and they eat toast in the movie when yeah, he's giving I his uncle money for the that. car. So Philadelphia's own Burnt Toast Records. Yeah, is it really punk rock Scott? <laughs> Fuck yeah! Have you ever been to like a Jesusy show at Drexel? That was Scott. He used to book all those. <laughs> Thanks. For I saw I saw uh, Pod and Living Sacrifice in a in a study lounge at Drexel University. You saw Pod. Oh yeah, during their Snuff the Punk tour, the first record. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? Payable on death. I literally wow. was like, oh, I get it. It's like a Jesus version of Downset, which it definitely is not. But at the time, that's <laughs> yeah. what I thought it was. We find ways to justify things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've all Living had Sacrifice our... was sick, though, so yeah. whatever. We've had all, all had our Christian rock phase, I'm sure. Absolutely. I was I was huge into ABR for a while. Yeah, friends bands. And that's like back in high school when I loved them. I thought it was really neat when they'd go like pray on stage together before they went out and played. Pretty cool. I was like, oh, camaraderie, neat. I back it. <laughs> neat. Uh, my tasty notes are warm milk and Popeye's chicken. Warm <laughs> 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 okay. milk is because he has that lyric about the cat drinking warm milk from the bowl. Oh, true. I find all this weird because deep cut in like in like half the songs on this record, my man talks about food. So the fact that like none of this could and come up, branches and stuff. I mean, like pumpernickel wine, like all <laughs> yeah. this shit comes up. Mustard greens, which by the way, I love mustard greens, uh, but I didn't come up with anything. <laughs> well, you pretty much just said it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. I did, I couldn't find. Like I was. Uh, it was hard. I was going over the stuff we we're covering last night when I was like hammered, and I was getting really stressed out thinking about it and I couldn't come up with anything so I, I, I just gave up. Yeah, works too. <laughs> um, I have no uh, wine. I, ha- I have no wine or cheese this week. Um, I have a couple <laughs> and... Uh, it's yeah, it's we'll- hard because... 
We'll let this play out because I love it. <laughs> I'll do this right. one day. I uh, that's fine. It, it's hard because the, the, the dialogue in the movie is so one way, and it's then very stylized. I mean, without you, lyrics are so obvious. <laughs> right. So I'll try it. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna know. Him. You're gonna know him all right away. Uh, Want to get your dick knocked in the dirt? <laughs> Me without you. Obviously. Me without you. Yeah, that's from um, in a sweater poorly. It's <laughs> <laughs> from Orange Spider. Wait, wait. The line is "Want to get your dick knocked in the dirt." Yeah. yeah, that's before the first part of the fight scene. That line is so good. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I'm gonna that use literally, that. Literally, if you were like, "How do we let people know this?" movie set in the 80s i'd be like <laughs> have a dude say you want to get your dick knock in the dirt <laughs> or uh <laughs> all right this That's next great. one is uh nastag furka ya hokan ya daljala wal <laughs> Oh, that's Are you a- trying to read the Arabic part right now? <laughs> yeah, that's from Dryness in the Rain. <laughs> oh, I thought that was going to be the uh, the cutscene where they raise a demon. And <laughs> that's the kids. song from the montage. Uh, chickens, <laughs> ducks, montage. chickens, ducks, geese. <laughs> chickens, ducks, geese, we got it all. <laughs> this goat over here, her name's Henrietta. <laughs> that, what's weird is that, that actually could, could be, be a lie from, from the record. That could be the record. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, was that man. the uncle talking? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's when he's introducing them to the goat named Henrietta. <laughs> um, and then lastly, all the cows from the pastures trampling off the pumpkins and the horses from their stable ambling in the corn. I mean, obviously. That's, that's me without you, but that one's kind of tough. Oh, you just improv that. <laughs> that one's actually <laughs> yeah. a bit of that's a That's the only one that was like a, that could, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I figured if I did it last after we got all the other stuff out there. It would have tripped us up. Yeah. <laughs> what about, what about what we have here is a cash flow problem. <laughs> <laughs> what about, uh, uh, what's he say, What's the crazy line? Want to get your dick knocked in the dirt? No, when he says like, uh, it's in the trailer too. James Spader says something like, you're calling me crazy? Or I'll show you crazy, Ooh, or like something it. like that. Doing some good he says that like right he now. says that like twice in the movie. <laughs> Damn, uh, I just watched it this morning and I don't remember it. <laughs> um, that's it. Okay, bye. <laughs> um, no, what Liam. about what about when the kid says, uh, "I'll do it if you let me get a hit of that spliff." <laughs> the fucking seven-year-old kid, <laughs> little boy. Yeah. Oh, and then the end of the movie kind of sets it up for a sequel. Yeah. I mean that's the most Sean Cunningham yeah. part of the movie. The kids like, like um, you killed my brother. Child. Yeah, you killed everyone. I you love. killed my friend, my brother, and his shitty friends. But so. I, I hate those things. Where like, shouldn't that kid realize that his brother was trying to murder people? Yeah. No, come on. Yeah, you're you're taking uh, it too seriously. I mean, look, look, <laughs> boys here's, boys. Here's the thing. You got to remember when we appreciate people. Right, and we care about them. We see the best part of them, so that's why everybody talks about that guy from Fast and Furious who died as he's really cool and not Paul a child Walker. fucker. But he's a child fucker, so we should remember. Paul Walker part. was? Oh yeah. What? Wait a minute. All of his girlfriends were fourteen. Even the what? one when he died. Yeah, dude's a child fucker. Oh, but all we talk about is all. like, oh, it's so sad he died. It's such a sad. This thing. is news for me. Just last night, someone was on there being like, I cry when I think about Paul Walker, and I'm like. Damn. Yeah. Yikes. Cool. Well, we're going to end, end this yeah. one on, <laughs> not, not <laughs> on a heavy note. Sorry, yeah. guys. You can, you can cut this out if you want. <laughs> Real I'm light. Just, I'm just here. saying, people think, well, you know, you, you don't often focus on the negative things about people. Totally. That's true. That's true. Oh, there say. is that weird uh, stigma, too, where, like, people will do, like, if you have, like, an abusive member of a family and, like, they're, they're right. yeah. oh, they're such an angel. No, you can, you're allowed to say they were dicks. You could say right. that. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. The, the dying doesn't make you a better person. 
So I was going to ask. I mean, you. it'll make me a better person, but no one else. <laughs> I was gonna ask if you think we should have Liam back on, but he's bringing bringing down the I'm vibe. I'm so right sorry. <laughs> I'm the yeah. worst. And I'm let's, the worst. let's use this as an opportunity. Two minutes to ago, say, yes. Right thank now, thank you no. to Cinepunks. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Mr. Cinepunks over here. <laughs> if you liked what you heard today, check out all of uh, ten Liam's other ten podcasts. <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> Do you want to try and list them all real quick? Yeah. So uh, I'm obviously I am the co-founder and editor in chief of Cinepunks.com. So that means I'm on our uh, flagship podcast Cinepunks. I we should probably rename the whole website just so there's no confusion, but <laughs> fuck it. Uh, I'm also do a horror podcast called Horror Business with Justin Lore, who's great. Uh, I'm on Eric Roberts is the fucking man with Doug Tilly. We're almost done. We're ending at episode one hundred. So what are you up to? Uh ninety four, ninety five, oh, yeah. something like have, that. Do you have so, a big finish? You have something planned for the bit. So the I want us to fucking make a movie with Eric Roberts because <laughs> I, Holy that'd shit. That'd be amazing. Literally, you need like $3,000 for a day. I took a sketch writing class. You could just do a short with him, even. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We would do a short, yeah. and then the last episode would be like, we're going to talk about the short we made with Eric That'd Roberts be amazing. Him on. If you need that'd a writer, cool. I took a sketch writing class. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we don't have that much time to like plan something that yeah. big, so it's probably not going to yeah. happen. Uh, and, then, uh, and then we just started a new... I just started a new podcast. I don't know why, but I did, <laughs> called The Flight Stuff that's... Uh, Talking about the uh, p- the comic Alpha Flight. So if you're a nerd who likes nerdy, unpopular comics, then you should check it out. Uh, yeah, and that's it. And oh, then yeah. obviously I do a lot of stuff helping out all the new podcasts and all the stuff going on at Cinepunks. And yeah. in theory, I write about movies there too, but I <laughs> have not had time to write anything. <laughs> well, Wine and Cheese appreciates sure. everything you do for us. And the whole thing, man. Yes, thank you. Seriously. And thanks for coming on. And for yeah. the listeners, this is the first time I'm actually meeting Liam, so you, you're uh, listening to something beautiful blossoming. Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, I know you're like, I was going and I was like, wait, I don't know. I don't know anything about you. <laughs> uh, all I did was... Uh, we had a text group before and our only interaction was me just sending like dumb jokes <laughs> just derailing I mean, the planning that's fine I appreciate I appreciate that no but uh, yeah I, we're really glad that you guys were wanted to be on the network and I, I'll be honest that this is one of my favorite I actually listen to this show <laughs> yeah, thanks man thanks podcast. man so that's why when, when I was like I get to be on that's cool oh, yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll Jeff be Bezos if you're listening give us money yeah <laughs> But until then, thank you to uh, LVAC, uh, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Yeah. And uh, if you need anything screen printed, go there. They yeah. got you. They do a great yeah. job. XLVACX.com. Hell yeah. And Cinepunks, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X.com. <laughs> yeah, check out our Patreon. I swear to God we're going to have Patreon content at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's going to happen. It's worth it. You guys uh, should just do a day where you just hang out and talk about anything else. Yeah. And then we'll put it up as a Patreon exclusive. We could do that. I'm into that. I would love do to you do you want to hear wine and cheese talk, not wine or cheese? Yeah. I would yeah, that'd be super we could fun. Do that. Just an unscripted yeah. episode. I also want to do uh, this is this, we'll talk about this it. does need to be said. Bye guys. Uh, <laughs> Bye. Off mic. <laughs>